Welcome to the Valley of Hearts Delight. Your now go-to podcast for all things creepy, weird, and maniacal centering around the Valley of Hearts Delight, Santa Clara Valley of California. Uh, We are coming to you from San Jose, and this podcast is going to cover a variety of topics, everything from murder to cryptids to cults and beyond. And we're going to f- start focusing on the uh, the Bay Area and California. And I'm sure as we run out of ideas, we will start branching out from there. But for the most part, we're going to try and focus as much as we can around the Santa Clara Valley, which, as it turns out, has a lot of weird shit happen here. My name is Caden Burkmoyer, and I am joined here by two wonderful gentlemen, Mr. Anthony Bragg. Hello, hello, hello. How are you doing out there in podcast land? I am Anthony Bragg. I have no credentials to do this other than it's just something fun to do. And I live here in San Jose, California, and Santa Clara Valley is my home. And I can't wait to dive into these weird, creepy topics. Um, So yeah, hello. And Dr. Jones himself, Mr. Andy Andrew. Anderson. Anderson. Doc- Dr. Jones. Doctor, Dr. But we'll Jones. just call him Dr. Jones because he's afraid of the internet. <laughs> it's a scary place. It is. A- <laughs> uh, I did not grow up here, but I do enjoy <laughs> telling Anthony about all the things that he doesn't know about, even though he did grow up here. Yes. Now, should we explain why they're listening to this? And they're like, wait a minute. You're listening. Yeah, you know There's what? an Actually, episode two. You guys should explain why we're doing this because I still am trying to figure it out. No, no, no. Not why. Well, why? Why? Why do anything? I'm not talking about why. I'm saying like, oh, they're listening to an intro. They're like, where's episode one? I see episode two. Uh, much like Star Wars, it only got good after episode two. I was going to be like, or like a Pulp uh, Fiction. Uh, wait, wait. Do you, do you mean episode? You know what I mean. I mean Attack, five? I mean Attack the Clones. Episode two. Oh, good God. Django Fett. Uh, so our first episode that we recorded. <laughs> How many people uh, did you just trigger? <laughs> lost so many <laughs> listeners. Um, Fine. If you're listening to this and you don't immediately know who you are, congratulations. Good job. You're doing great things with your life. Keep up the splendid work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But basically, our first episode that we recorded uh, is currently lost in our friend John's computer. So... In the interest of just putting things out there, we're going to start from episode two, and whenever we get back to episode one, we'll release that. Uh, And uh, I think this really grew out of the idea that we we basically have these kind of conversations. We had a running text thread of all the weird shit that comes up in the news uh, from German crossbow (laughs) cults and cannibals and... uh, all that sort of good stuff that we just like sharing with each other um, and decided that it's a great reason excuse to get together and drink some beers and talk about it in a little bit more structured format. Yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty much it. Good summary. So welcome. Welcome. Please listen. Please do. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Fuck off. (laughs) In this valley of heart's delight, you will find life pleasurable. 
toil honorable, and recreation plentiful. It was a time when anything was possible, at least in the imagination. In this valley of hope, delight. Are we going to start this? Take us in, man. <gasps> what is our thing called? Hey, 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 welcome everybody to the Valley of Hearts Delight. My name is Tony, also known as Stony Tony, also known as Tonarius Bragarian. With me is Caden, the Care Bear Scorpion Snake, and then also we have the Professor. Dr. Jones. We call him smart. He calls us stupid. His name is also Andy. Anyway, welcome to our show. This is episode two, and today we have some really cool stuff for you, and I think some interesting, spooky information about... Our home, so the Silicon Valley, the South Bay, San Jose, and yeah, Caden. Uh, do you want to like do the rundown of what we're going to be talking about today? Yeah, so I guess I, I guess I'll do this. Um, we're talking about albinos. Woo! The fucking yes. albinos of Hicks Road. Yes, if you are a San Jose native, you have certainly heard the legends surrounding Hicks Road. Everything from ghosts to the blood albinos. Uh, that supposedly inhabit there, uh, and all of that, all of that great stuff. So uh, Tony and I are both San Jose, San Jose natives, San Hosians, and Andy is from Pretzelville, Pennsylvania, from bumfuck nowhere, essentially. No, it's a booming. No, it's a nice. It looks like a very. It's actually very lovely. No, I've seen pictures. It's got a booming. Essentially, just means that I've probably spent more time on. Hicks Road or Hicks-like roads <laughs> than either of these two chuckleheads. There's a reason so. why Hicks Road is legendary. is because it is the only one of the few roads that is still left that actually is has wilderness and has like yeah. the d- nature encroaching upon the land. Hence or why you mean. suburban white kids are terrified by it. Suburban. Yeah. It's suburban. Also, yeah, it was also a place where you know you drive up and get a hand job because there was no uh, lights. Did that actually happen? Not to me, but it's pretty. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty. Like, but by by you. I mean, <laughs> in the backseat of a car. No, actually, no. I can't. Right. I actually can he, see. He is actually the blood sucking. All right, right, all right. Let's move on. <laughs> all right, let's get let's get into it. But uh, so, actually, oh, oh, sorry. Oh no, no. Go well, I was gonna say, Caden. Like, if we wanted to kind of talk about, I was thinking yeah. maybe to lean into it. Like, because we okay. So the episode today is, I guess, really more about Hicks Road, the hauntings, some of the weird legends about it. Yes. And so this, was, this is we kind of started in episode one. We kind of went with the true crime murder route of things and i feel like it's necessary because i also i I prefer urban legends and aliens and all the supernatural kind of stuff over the true crime not that true crime's not interesting but i I felt like that was a good balance to do something that's classic spooky weird shit well i was thinking kaden like one of like kind of starting off like when you were a kid Mm-hmm. Or like growing up, probably you know when we got into like middle school, high school. When did Hicks Road kind of first become? Oh, that was definitely in high school. For yeah, me. high school, right? And that was so for me. The story that I heard about it uh, was that there were these albinos that lived out in the wilderness around Hicks Road, and that they were escaped uh, from an insane asylum. And there is no insane asylum out there. I think it was supposed to be Agnews, which is in like Santa Clara, which is like fucking far away but the the legend that i heard was that there was at one point an insane insane asylum in the hills around hicks road that is no longer there but that you know if you go back into the woods you can find it and that's where they live 
Yeah, like the yeah, kind of like just I guess burrowed in to yeah, just the hills and the you know all the the trees and the the gnarly woods that are out there. Yeah, you know, and then there's just a lot of other weird just stuff about the road. You have what well, we're gonna get into uh, some of the hauntings, and we're gonna probably go into the haunting stories that I know the best, and we'll get into that later. Um, but there's other like, like there's like Devil's Door. Which is just a spray painted rock. But I was a little bit disappointed because yeah. getting into Hicks Road, I wanted to look into like all of the kind of like weird stuff surrounding that, and I it, the Devil's Door was something that came up a lot. The best that I could find was it, it's, it's essentially from like the 1990s. Some guy who made a website of like tracking down the Devil's Door, and it was more of like a press piece to be like, come visit. Albaden Park because there's oh I saw some of the albinos they stopped at this delicious eatery nearby and you're just like and the devil's door is yes basically just a spray painted door on yeah, a rock it, it that was just, people are like ooh it's it the was devil's just a door. dare you did like when you first got your driver's license you you know you drove up with your friends and you're like oh you know oh dare you to go knock on the door you know which knock I, on I never door. I never you never did we did until... like I think one time but it was like again you just you see it and you're like oh it's just a spray painted rock there's nothing like really it it's actually the most disappointing thing and there's named no, the and devil's I door couldn't, I couldn't ever. find any lore I don't think there is I mean, who knows it. there's probably actually no real written down lore it's probably just something some fucking asshole said it, trying it just, to get laid or trying to get like spook his friends whoever who knows whatever you do in high school right Right, and that's what Devil Doors was, and that's kind of just what Hicks Road, I think, just really at the end of the day is. Right, it's just an excuse to kind of fuck around, mm-hmm. and and let's. I think this is probably a good thing to do. Let's actually describe the place we're talking about on the off chance that you're listening to this and you don't know us and you're not from our area. Which thank you for listening, Andy. I was thinking maybe you can. You said you kind of biked and hiked that area a lot. Why don't you take us in describing the road? Yeah, for sure. So I, I moved up to the. La Scottis area in 2004, like when I think you guys were probably just getting out of diapers. So <laughs> like, you know, I was a late bloomer. Okay. Yes, so exactly. Yes. So yes. <laughs> Child diapers, not adult diapers, Katie. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I didn't know anything about any of this lore. Uh, I just lived on the end of Shannon road, uh, which feeds into Hicks road. And I used to ride my mountain bike up and over Sierra Azul and, and drop down into Hicks Road. So Hicks Road is a, a a relatively short road that kind of winds back through the hills that separate Sierra Azul, which is is one of the kind of front ranges of the Santa Cruz Mountains, uh, from some lower lying hills that that go out into the Silicon Valley or the the Valley of Heart's Delight. And uh, as you drive in on Hicks Road, uh, coming in off of if I be- I believe I'm correct off of Blossom Hill. Uh, mm-hmm. You kind of get into this this valley that even today when I hike out in Quicksilver Almaden, I, I it reminds me of of some of the terrain I saw in like southern Wales. It's it's pretty extreme uh, topography and and it's really it's quite beautiful. Uh, and and as you go in through Hicks Road on the left hand side, you have what is largely now open space. There is a, a, a still as far as I know, operating landfill, which is, is kind of a disappointment, but you have the Guadalupe reservoir. And then on the, I guess it would be the, the East side of that. You have all of what is now Quicksilver Almaden park, which primarily comprises the majority of what were mercury mines that were used during the, the gold rush. And then continued up until the, the later part of the 20th century. 
so that's been kind of preserved at open space, which is really pretty. And then on the right-hand side, you have Sierra Azul, which some of which is, is private property, uh, but you also have Mount Omanum, which was a, a sacred mountain for Native Americans and eventually ended up becoming a, a radar station uh, during the 20th century that, that played a pretty important role in the Cold War and now is, is open to the public as a park as well. Uh, so, so in general, the area is, is quite rural still, even though it's on uh, the kind of suburban fringe of uh, San Jose. And, you know, when I, when I would ride out there, I, the, I mean, the scariest thing I ever saw was a flock of turkeys that almost killed me <laughs> when I came flying around a corner. You know, it, it's, it's very bucolic. Yeah, uh, well, those, they're big. Yeah, they are. They are. And, uh, you know, but, but, and I, and I get, I, I get how people might feel like it's a, a little bit secluded and scary, but you have to remember, I mean, I grew up in rural Pennsylvania where basically like that road was the road I lived on more or less. And, you know, I, I have to say as someone that grew up in a, a pretty rural area, uh, on the edge of what was kind of expanding as a, a urban core, there were definitely some jackass kids that would come out for shits and giggles on like weekend well, nights. And that in itself plays into the legend of Hicks Road. Uh, oh, it, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I mean, we, we, we would have people that, you know, we'd look out our front window and see jackasses jumping over the fence to wander around in our, our woods or, or in the meadows and stuff. And, you know, I, 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 I totally get that when I was riding out there, uh, in the late two thousands, uh, it was, uh, it was pretty, but also, I mean, that's one of the reasons I went out there because it reminded me of where I grew up and it was secluded and it is pretty isolated. Uh, and, and to me, I mean, the most interesting thing about the road is that is the rep is the history that it represents. And you, you've got that kind of 20th century cold war history with, with Mount Amunam, of course, the ancient history with native Americans occupying the area. And then you, you have the whole gold rush stuff. Uh, and then Hicks road, of course, basically ends in new Almaden. Uh, where you have the community that grew up around the mercury mines uh, and, and still today is, is relatively rural. You have a lot of, of family farms out there and, and open space. And, and, and I think, you know, I, I think a lot of these legends, which we'll get into more, do find their origins in the 60s and 70s, which is if you look at the history of San Jose, that is when San Jose as an as a entire entity really began to transform from relatively rural. Oh, yeah to relatively suburban and urban. And, and I think, you know, the area we're talking about now is still uh, partially because of the terrain uh, is, is not terribly densely settled, but I think in the sixties and seventies, th this would have been like the wilderness. Oh yeah. You know, and, and, and this yeah. is where kids well, would go to experience that, that kind of scary otherness. I mean, now let's face it, gang, I'm sorry if there are any cannibal, Albinos. Albinos or anything like that living along Hicks Road, we would know about them because <laughs> there we, isn't an inch of that no, space that has There's no been. mystery left in the world. Well, yeah. Well, that's not true. There are undiscovered <laughs> tribes all over the world, Kaden, but I don't think in Hicks... How do we know? In, in, in <laughs> you don't know. Fair enough. <laughs> well, it's funny. I wanted to just kind of add to, you know, saying that these, you know, a lot of these legends pop up in the 60s and 70s like my grandparents moved out here in like the 60s 
you know, and my grandpa loves to say, when I came out here, there was nothing. There was nothing. We came from New York, and we came out here, and there was nothing. But was albino like, cannibals. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously, there was, like, like you know, like, orchards and, like, like farms. Great, <laughs> like, like well, the great bison But to them, I guess, to a Brooklyn Italian, there was, like, nothing. And, and the entire, like, military-industrial complex, which yeah, ultimately exactly. built the core of what became Silicon Valley. I mean, like, like that, and that's the weird thing, is, like, uh, there wasn't nothing here. And I think as there became less of nothing here, places like Hicks Road and, and Uvis Canyon and stuff became the places where you went to like escape the utter boredom of the bedroom community and suburbia that, that you know, 60s and 70s and 80s San Jose undeniably really was. Oh, yeah. And I even think growing up here in the 90s up until, I mean, now, I mean, the, the difference between when I remember being a kid to now, it's it's completely different. I mean, it's, it is completely, I mean, there's obviously the ur- the urban areas that were, um, your suburban areas, I should say the suburbs were always, you know, we're, we're, we're popping up, but now, I mean, just downtown San Jose is so much more a downtown city, right? Cause especially contrasted from San Francisco, which is an hour away, well, right, you know I mean, what I mean? And I, now I it's just like how, San Jose is generally considered to be kind of a, giant suburb of yeah, San Francisco. Well, and that's what it is. But now, but I'm just saying like now though, like how just fast it's grown and it's like, you know, they're yeah. at, like I was saying like at one point you could go down 85. There was like really barely any traffic. It was kind of like light. It was light to middle traffic. And now it is like just dead stop. Goddamn techies. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to Google ruined it. <laughs> to Apple. <laughs> uh, but you know, all that you ruin our home. Uh, but you know, that's the way it is. But anyway, I think we should. Let's get I think let's get into the, the the meat of all this. Aside from like, oh, probably all of you who already know what we're talking about. Um, but yeah, so let's let's jump right in. So as as Andy mentioned, um, the winding country road in South San Jose runs between the hills of the Almaden Quicksilver County Park and around the base of Mount Omanhom in the Sierra Azul Preserve. Uh, it forks off into various side roads, driveways, even hits parts where it's unpaved. And the general scenery of Hicks Road, it as we've talked about, it just lends itself to, like, if you're driving in any rural back road area at night, it's going to be creepy. And I think that's really where the majority of the legends and everything comes from. But... um. We'll get into this a little bit later. The the albinos, although they are the the main legend surrounding Hicks Road, they're not the only one. In my research, uh, I found the story of a bicyclist that was killed uh, several years ago, which I feel like is generally applicable to whenever you're telling the story. It's always several years ago from that time. Uh, but apparently, he he was he was hit by a car tragically. And uh, his tortured spirit now is reportedly only visible in mirrors as you're driving along Hicks Road. And he can be seen wearing a trench coat and riding a bicycle with no wheels. On your right. On your right. I'm on your right. And then he does it. And he also is a pain in the ass because he, dry, you know, he fucking bikes only like 20 
miles an hour, and you're like, 20 mm, miles an hour. Oh, well, that's pretty fucking, nah, that's, that's pretty fun. Well, anyway, he's I mean, bike. downhill, maybe. Downhill. But you know what I'm saying? You know, they're the bicyclists. Yeah. We're like, I got the road too, bud. And yeah, then you're I, like, I, and I feel, I feel like that maybe kind of come from like a cautionary tale or something to like look out for bicyclists. But I just, I love the image of a guy in a trench coat riding a bike with no wheels because I'm pretty sure I've seen that dude you know in downtown San and Jose. That's, and that's, well, I, 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 you know I have two actually. I would, I think, and I, I would run I that fucking made, guy <laughs> off the road again. <laughs> So Anthony, as someone <laughs> as someone who has been hit bicycle. by a car oh, that's while true. riding my <laughs> bike, <laughs> I, for, I, I take great that's offense true, that's to true, those that's statements. True, that's true. I forgot about. It. Maybe I you should just, think you about sharing a road sometime, well, asshole. No, to be fair, no. To be fair, to be fair, the guy that hit you was a pervert checking out some chick. If I'm not correct, uh, maybe, maybe. Right? We kind of maybe. we kind Allegedly. of hypothesize. We hypothesize. We definitely don't know. We're not going to bring it up. Excuse but your incredibly nope. offensive no. comments, Anthony. Fuck the bicycle. Hey, but you know what? You're stronger I just than know, him. You survived. I, that's what matters. I want to know, where, where did a trench coat come in that particular I don't know. Why would he have I mean, a was he wearing a trench coat when he died? Like, okay, well, now we're getting wo- into the territory of when you die and you become a ghost, do, are you stuck wearing things? Because I would think he'd be wearing one of those like little Lycra outfits with the padded butts. Yeah. Exactly. And I mean, I, as someone who does ride a bike, like... A trench coat it's, is terrible. That's a wear. bad idea, man. It's that's going to get caught in the, in the spokes yeah. for sure. Like, and and you're going to kill yourself with your own bike. And maybe that's what actually. Maybe that's what happened. Maybe this, that's why he doesn't have any is, wheels that, on his it's bike. It's actually a cautionary tale not to wear a trench coat <laughs> while bicycling because it will get caught in the spokes and you will die. One Fair time. Enough. But okay. anyways, so in this research, I, I found this couple articles off of a website called Backpackerverse. Um, and they said that they spoke to a psychic who said, quote, it's quite likely that these are the echoes of some former territorial band of people who at one time lived in the region. Why they should present themselves as albinos seems obvious to me. Oh, does it? <laughs> They're not albinos. <laughs> They're ghosts. Oh, obviously. And people see them as ectoplasm, which is why they're white. Which totally makes sense. Uh, I, I mean, that, I think right, that, right. I, in my mind, that's the most plausible thing. Sure. That they're not actually albinos. They're just, they're white because they're ghosts. Because ghosts are, like, Casper is white. He's a ghost, right? Mm. Yeah. Hmm. Anyways. Not too much foundation. M- most of, so most of the stories I was able to find basically come down to, you know, hearsay, hearing from a friend of a friend, tall tales, all that kind of stuff. Um, it, it seems like pretty much everybody in the from San Jose has a friend or a relative or something that's some they know somebody who's had something creepy happen to them on Hicks Road. Um depending on who you talk to, the origin of the albinos starts as Andy said around the 60s and 70s. Um it ranges from that there's an albino family that lives in the area uh in of course a dilapidated old house a la uh Texas Chainsaw. Uh, there's an albino colony. They're ghosts, they're demons, they're cult members, they're escaped experiments from nearby United Technologies Corporation. They came from an insane asylum. But really, (laughs) most of the albino stories involve them appearing from the woods, uh, surrounding the road, and threateningly chasing off any visitors. They're very busy albinos being all those things at once. Well, I... yeah, is it a you know A B C all of the above? I don't know, but uh, surprisingly, the Hicks Road albinos aren't the only albino legends from this area. 
Alum Rock Park on San Jose's eastern side is said to have several enclaves enclaves of albinos. And in Milpitas, just a few miles northeast of San Jose, it's said that there is a house full of satanic albinos living on Marsh Road. And this is a story that's also associated with Hicks Road, that if uh, there's a bridge, and if you write somebody's name on that bridge, if you carve, carve their name into the bridge that person will die. And as I made a note, it also turns out in my research, if you don't carve that person's name onto the bridge, they will also still die. But Wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) We're all going to die. Remember our conversation earlier about magical thinking? Oh, yes. Magical thinking, yes. So you you carve somebody's name into the bridge, and then 40 years later, they die from a heart attack. It's it's because of the bridge. It's because of the bridge. Clearly, and the albinos. It's a joke. It's like, God damn. No, I get it. No, I get it. Well, I didn't get it. Well, at first, I thought you were saying Do you get it, Anthony? No. Are you sure? (laughs) Oh, I I thought you were saying that people just thought really hard on the bridge of somebody they wanted dead. Maybe. I thought that's what you were talking about. No, uh, there's like fucking Gary. The, the most the most realistic <laughs> origin story for the albinos that I found was that basically one night there were a few kids who were poking around Hicks Road. I <laughs> I assume you know at that point it. just because there was fucking nothing to do, and they encountered a man who was quote very white, <laughs> and they ran off out of fear. I assume for being caught trespassing. And, you know, seeing a landowning Irish person for the first time, I'm sure it would be very terrifying. <laughs> I just, like, but, some guy named Gary, like, balding, like, hey, what are you doing? It's an albino, scram! Get on my land! But, you know, that, the seeing, like, a very white person, which is, to this, you know, I, we all know, it's very shocking. Um, you guys want to listen to the Electric Light Orchestra? <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, <laughs> Come on, Anthony. Um, that turned into an albino, which did... Joey Actually, likes the yellow. <laughs> Joey. And I can use Joey as a reflector. Oh. <laughs> but so they see this guy. It, it turns into the bloody-eyed, Satan-worshipping, albino colony tales that exist today. Um, dead, sometimes mutilated animals are said to be found in the area, and these are often attributed to the albinos. Which then tie into... Not by natural predators. Report, no, of course not. That, so these Bio-bios. are then reported to be remnants of satanic rituals, of course. which therein gets the satanic association of the albinos. It's clearly not roadkill or a coyote or anything else. It's their satanic... Well, you know, it's funny, too, because if this was in the 1960s, 70s, I would assume that there would have been cougars. Well, Probably and, maybe and, even more so. Maybe and, not. I don't and know. allow me to chime in here. I mean, as as someone who has done archaeological excavations in Alum Rock Park, where apparently there are several enclaves of several of albinos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and Anthony, you were with me when we did this. We uh, we walked the the hillside uh, oh, on the eastern yeah. side of the park yeah, yeah, yeah. after a a wildfire, which had exposed most of the park. I'm pretty sure if there had been any uh, enclaves of albinos, that would have uh, outed them. But we did find a pretty large number of of deer kills. Yeah. And, and it yeah. was oh, yeah. it, it yeah. was really strange because you would walk across the landscape and you mean they were just killed just, by the fire like, or sh- well no you could tell that they were like they were these freshly just, killed just charred ground you know it was mm. like burned earth and then you would find these like piles of bones mm. oh. and and I'm sure that the I mean, that ma- vast majority like of them were mountain lion kills now if I was of the the mush brained 
you know, persuasion to subscribe to the presence of enclaves of cannibals there, I might uh, attribute those to the albinos. But in this case, it was pretty clear that these were the natural results of either the wildfires or, or of, of carnivore kills. But, you know, right. I mean, that's that's carnivorous albino. That, carnivorous that, albino. That apparently is boring to have that as an explanation. Johnny Winter yeah. out there with his car eating, uh, <laughs> <laughs> eating, eating some like eighth grader. <laughs> uh, so, a follow up article from Backpackerverse, uh, and I, I'm so excited for this. So the follow I found I found a follow up article from Backpackerverse, which is the people who supposedly talked to a psychic who said that these are clearly not albinos, physical people, they are ghosts. This story recounts... Who apparently, by the way, according to the the psychic, mm-hmm. was a, a, a band of, a territorial band of people. Yes. I'm, I'm assuming that's referring mm-hmm. to Native Americans. Yes. And and then somehow they, they become white because well, of ghosts. Be, Wait, is this appear- fucking Hollywood or something? No, like no, no, where no. like they're white because they're ectoplasm. It, they oh, lose, I see. So that's I why see. they're not okay. like they're not like white Caucasian. They are like white as a sheet, white mm. as a ghost because mm. they are ghosts. Mm. Like a bunch of it's not racism; it's science. I, yeah, okay, okay, so <laughs> it's meta science. Ectoplasm. So they tell the story of a one Miguel, and he encountered these strange beings while driving on Hicks Road. One beautiful evening, Miguel was driving along Hicks Road, having decided to take the scenic route home. And while driving, he noticed that his headlights were picking up the reflection of what looked like eyes. And it's not uncommon. There are plenty of, as we've talked about, deer, raccoons, coyotes, kind of all that stuff out in there. And turkeys. Right. Tur- the, turkeys. Yes, the glimmering eyes of turkeys watching you at night. <laughs> Uh, chicken heads <laughs> and inspired by the need to pee uh, Miguel did quote what any red-blooded American would do in the given situation unquote so he pulls over to the side of the road to urinate and uh, having left his car's headlights on to protect himself from any passing cars to make sure that they didn't hit him hey don't look at my dick <laughs> exactly he noticed that the eyes that he had noticed earlier were still being reflected in the distance and he assumed that it was just some critter in the woods, but soon realized that there was, in fact, nay a chirp of a cricket, nor a rustle of a leaf. It was totally silent. Suddenly, a repulsive smell hits him, quote, like a ton of bricks. I'm pretty sure I got that cleaned up. I don't know what that smell could be. <laughs> and upon composing himself from retching, almost vomiting, he realizes that the number of eyes, quote unquote, around him have tripled and are closing in on him. Stop looking at my dick! <laughs> As he, quote, struggled to zip his pants and make sure that <laughs> everything was tucked in. <laughs> He now realizes that the eyes are encroaching on him even faster than before. So running back to his vehicle, he leapt inside, rolled up the windows, which I did like that it noted that he waited to roll up his windows, and then gunned it. And right as he pulls away, a creature with a, quote, horrible white face, again, potentially Irish, slams up against the passenger window. And as he's driving away, in a nearby field, sees numerous of these shadowy figures 
supposedly other one, humanoid creatures fast approaching. And as he peels out, tearing around the corners of Hicks Road, he says that the creatures released, quote, this insane, shrill scream. Ah! I was so I was thinking more of like a... Or like a... Yeah, something no, like okay. that. No, <laughs> okay. And so in his rearview mirror, he looks. They're still pursuing to him. He says that he's lucky to have escaped with his life. I got no change, man! Which, I mean, that, that's a that's a true, a true, accurate, real account of the this guy's experience. So another story that appeared several times in my research is from a man named Ryan, who details the story of his friend Dan. The tale goes as follows, and I'm just going to read this verbatim because this is his story, and I think this is this is as close to the truth as we're going to get this on this. This is Dan's story. So Dan's story will take us back to the autumn of 2007, late August to be specific. Dan and some of his buddies were out on a Thursday night cruising for some excitement. One of the backseat drivers had an idea which he proposed to the group, drive down Hicks Road in search of the elusive albinos. Seeing as Dan was the driver, he was initially skeptical of the idea, but peer pressure broke him down. With the destination set, their course commenced. The winding roads nestled behind in the woodsy hills was a tedious drive for Dan as his nerves began kicking in. There are not really albinos out here, is what he kept reminding himself. There's no albinos out here, man. Not behind that rock. Not behind that tree. No. Come on, Dan. Keep yourself together. Without warning, Dan's car collided with something. A large, dark figure is what blurred before Dan's eyes as he slammed on the brakes. And when the car came to a rest, the headlights revealed a large buck sprawled across the street, clearly not moving. As all of the occupants of the car realized what had happened, another dark figure appeared from the roadside. Except this figure split into three separate entities. Moving quickly into the road, the headlights now showed three humans with pasty white skin and blood-shocked eyes. Working with haste, the three albinos dragged the bloody buck down the hillside and out of sight. After a moment of shock and terror, Dan sped off back home, showing everyone he could the damage the buck left on his car and trying to explain how three albinos came to take the corpse was a bit far-fetched. God damn the grammar of this. Yet Dan and his three friends all swear by the story. Another true real story. True and real. It's on the internet. I like that no one was like, wait, Dan, did you just hit a deer? Hit a deer. No, <laughs> but that's... No, I was looking the whole time! Right. And but see, exactly. th this just reminds me of all the times I did stupid shit when I was a kid. And like, ended up with a dent in my car. And when I got home and my dad was like, son, where'd that dent in your car come from? And I, I just made up some fucking albino like cannibals to explain it, right? The uh, the gnomes of uh, the meadow. Yeah, the, the, but the, that's meadow, the meadow gnomes of Pennsylvania. It, he could, regardless, he hit a deer, right? Like that's, I mean, that's the he, the hit, he hit a fucking deer, perhaps. But then, to or add, he was drunk and hit a tree, and got home and was like, I can't admit this to anybody. I'm going to make up some fucking crazy story about a deer and some. Cannibals but he could have just said, I hit a deer. 
and that would have been that. Yeah, but, but then if somebody went out to look for the deer, they wouldn't find it. No, you know so why? There have to because be also the some albinos dragged it away. Exactly. Sorry. No, we're not saying Dan's a total fucking idiot and a terrible liar. Um, but I'll say that Dan. <laughs> if that is your if that name, is your real name, like more like a which it's Gary. So while lo- most of the legends surrounding Hicks Road is really just based on the fact that it, it's a windy ass road, it looks scary at night, probably encounters with people, as Andy said, just fed up with fucking teenagers wandering onto their property, driving really fast, flashing their headlights. Uh, there are a there are numerous stories uh, of various capital S capital T seekers of truth as I as I like to think of ourselves here uh, that have been harassed their cars run off the road and threatened with everything from shotguns to fishing poles by these satanic albinos on Hicks Road and sometimes they come on foot sometimes they are driving cars now in the comments section of one article that I found called Hicks Road haunted or hyped Numerous people admit that they would hang around Hicks Road just to fuck with people coming to check out the spookiness for themselves. One group in the late uh, 1970s even went so far as to powder their faces, wear flowing gowns, and bring a dummy covered in ketchup so that when cars would turn a corner, they would see a group of albinos eating an unlucky motorist on the ground. Which makes if you're as you're driving this road, you're not going to stop. And if you just pass by and you see these people in all white eat, that look like eating somebody, that's how these stories you know, start or continue or perpetuate or whatever you know. And it's none of your business. They're eating lunch. Fuck you. <laughs> Keep driving. Right, but then you're but then you're like, oh yeah, I saw these fucking albinos. Yeah, eating. they're just snacking on yeah. some fucking girl that they picked up from Los Gatos High. It's not a big deal. I'm not. Hey, this is America. I do me. But they do them. Right, but that I'm not going <laughs> to interfere with the lunch. No, and I don't think they did, but I think that's how this story was perpetuated. Now, Let. my theory is that the albinos are actually people that have been affected by mercury poisoning. Now, as previously mentioned, Hicks Road runs along the Almaden Quicksilver County Park. Quicksilver being the erstwhile name for mercury. As Andy mentioned there, this area was full of Quicksilver mines. A 2002 SFGate article identified the New Almaden Quicksilver Mines as the single largest source of mercury contamination in the San Francisco Bay. Of the 84 million pounds of mercury mined, which started in the mid-1800s, almost 17 million pounds were dumped, spilled, or otherwise found their way into the local environment. The seven new Almaden mercury mines of San Jose that closed in 1975, possibly because of albinos, covered 8,580 acres, which is almost 13.5 square miles, and contained 45 miles of tunnels. So by the early 1970s, mercury poisoning was a real threat, with mercury-contaminated fish being found in Almaden and other local reservoirs and numerous local rivers. Now, mercury poisoning can include decreased brain size, delayed physical development, mental impairment, abnormal muscle tone, and coordination problems. Hmm. I'm looking at you, Anthony. (laughs) (laughs) I have eaten a few fish out of the river. (laughs) It can also cause acrodynia, which is the P 
pinkening and peeling of the skin. What color are albino's eyes? Pink! Other symptoms of acrodynia include loss of hair, teeth and nails, hypotonia, which is muscle loss, photophobia, which is sensitivity to light, and neuropsychiatric symptoms, including emotional lability, which is pathological laughing and crying, memory impairment, and insomnia. So basically, you have this mercury poisoning that's turning people into light-sensitive, night-dwelling, hairless albinos. Also... Mercury is a heavy metal, which, as we all know, is Satan's favorite music. I rest my case. But, I mean, in, in all reality, I think it's... it's well, well, well done, Caden. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, clear. Hours of research. Authoritative. Authoritative. Um, <laughs> which leads me to my next point. What else can give you mercury poisoning? Burning coal. And where are their coal mines? Pennsylvania! Andy? So you motherfuckers always come after me? Andy? No, this was supposed to be a nice... Bo- this is bonding. Yep. Same urban yep. legends. Sure. Anyways, so next we head to eastern Pennsylvania, Haycock Mountain. Haycock Mountain, <laughs> which is known locally as Ghost Mountain. And the nearby Sellersville is also known to host a group of cannibalistic albinos. Again, Andy, this is not making fun of where you're coming from. This is a bonding moment to say, hey, look, we we are experiencing this all together. These albinos are a real threat to everybody. I do want to point out some of the neighboring towns to Haycock Mountain and Sellersville include Elephant, Veracruz, East Texas, McCungie, Sassamansville, Broadaxe, Spinnerstown, Chatham Village of... Tawamenison. I was gonna. It, I was impressed that you nailed that in the first go. Thank you, Appleboxville, and appropriately, <clears throat> Paleville. Now, this area is host to a variety of urban legends and supernatural activities, such as a haunted bridge, a headless ghost boy who appears if you shout, "Fritz, come out to play!" Oh yeah, yeah. A hidden treasure of gold, Sasquatch sightings, and a house haunted by the specter of an old woman seen knitting a sweater that no one will ever wear. Now, the Albanos of Haycock Mountain are said to live deep in the woods of the mountain and seem to have reverted to a feral state, said to speak in an unknown language of grunts and growls and walking on two feet as well as on all fours. Now, like the Hicks Road albinos, their Pennsylvania cousins have a variety of origin stories from being escaped experiments to escaped circus attractions. The ghost mountain albinos are also known to carry rock-salt-loaded shotguns and fireworks meant to scare off trespassers and create roadblocks to kidnap tourists foolish enough to encroach upon their territory at night, even having been known to hide in trees and drop onto their unsuspecting prey. Local farmers around Haycock Mountain have reported albinos stealing their livestock and other supplies, supposedly taking these things that they steal and returning to a windowless concrete bunker hidden by overgrown vines in the hills of Haycock Mountain via a complex system of tunnels similar to the tunnels of the Almaden Quicksilver Mines. Now, these albinos are also supposedly satanic, engaging in various unusual rituals rituals and human sacrifice. So where do these albinos come from? 
pollution? Oh. Genetic experiments? Uh, something sinister? Oh. Supernatural? I don't know. Uh. But it is very interesting that there are numerous legends of specifically satanic cannibal albinos inhabiting hillsides in California, Pennsylvania, New Jersey, several reports across New York, and are often associated with other phenomena like ghosts, orbs, UFOs, Sasquatches, etc. So they, these albinos might be the linchpin they might be the guardians of the nexuses of energy and power, the vertices. Mm. Or it's a liberal conspiracy yes. in order to create uh, regulations on corporations who need to dump their materials into rivers and Where else lakes. Where supposed to put the mercury? And, mm -hmm. you know, you fucks just want to live your lives pretending that you don't need WD-40 and rat poison and all that shit and your fertilizers and you just want to uh, stop uh, good American corporations from uh, doing what they need to do to uh, generate American the American economy. <clears throat> <laughs> or they could just be areas where Kids are so fucking bored with their lives that they have to make up some crazy shit to be able to distract themselves from the terminal shititude of their lives. Yeah, that's probably because so, I mean, come on. <laughs> if you want to, if you want to subscribe to the fact that the uh, the the albinos are the guardians of the vortices, we would have uh, albino stories from places like Sedona. You know, and Santa Fe. I don't think we do. No. I, I think we end up with, I, I go back to what I was saying earlier. You know, I, I grew up in, in a rural area, yeah. and there was absolutely nothing to do. But you know what there was? There were a lot of creepy back roads. There were a lot of abandoned farms. There were a lot of weird, old buildings out in the woods. And you know what? Every single one of those roads, every single one of those buildings, every single one of those weird like spaces out in the woods was either haunted or had some sort of supernatural thing going on. And you know what? I spent most of my youth kicking indoors on abandoned houses and going into them, going out to old satanic churches, driving along haunted roads. And you know what, guys? I never saw shit. That's because you're not open. Yeah. You're not open. Well, well, so maybe I, it's, maybe it's because I'm not, not open to open. it. You're That's possible. You know, maybe, maybe, you know. Or, or maybe you're, you know what? Maybe Anthony. You're paranormally is, constipated. May, maybe <laughs> that's that. that <laughs> hey, hey, man, that's fine, man. Hold <laughs> hold on to your ex lax if that's the truth, because I don't want to. You know, I don't want. The, I don't want any flow to happen, so so to speak. But you know, I, I this shit irritates me. Is it, I I have to say like like. All right, put oh, on your on. serious pants, Andy. All right, let's go. Come on. Like, first of all, Albinos, crazy. First of all, Caden, you want to make fun of some towns in Hanover? How about Bird in Hand or Blue Balls Dude. or any of the fine <laughs> Amish names? Dude. By the I'm way, not, I just looked up the I'm map on my phone, them. and Haycock Mountain technically, I think, is part of the Appalachian chain. S suck I, on that, whoever you suck are. on that. So but, suck but, on that. But check, back, check back to my, my back to no. my main point is that you know I, I honestly like I was bored as shit as a teenager. 
There was nothing to do. There was literally nothing to do except go to the mall or like hang out in a McDonald's parking lot. And you know what? I didn't do that shit because it was on the other side of town. I didn't like driving to town. So (laughs) what I did when I got my driver's license was me and my friends, we would drive around on these like little two lane at best country roads that were dark. No lights. Mm-hmm. Sometimes no lights on our car either because that was even more awesome. Mm-hmm. And we would go looking for this shit. And, and there were a plethora of stories. So you were you were like the ghost hunters before that was like... What the hell hunters. else are you going to do? I mean, I, I grew up without a TV. <clears throat> there was no internet at the time. Like, no video games. Yeah. Like, like I, I, yeah, you just go out looking for the shit. And it wasn't like... it. We weren't going to either verify or... Or falsify. Like, we were just, yeah. we were bored as no, shit. I mean, that's we knew what, we were bored as shit. We were going out to have fun. Kind of, which is kind of the point of Hicks Road in San Jose. Right, too. exactly. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Go, we kind of talked bars. about that. Yeah, that, yeah like, That's exactly know. what I'm saying. Is is And, and these are fun stories. They make yes. life more interesting in an otherwise rather tedious existence. I get that. And I and, and for sure, like, I, I growing up, did a lot of the same like <laughs> let's this like go drive along this road or like mm-hmm. go to this old like hotel in whatever seven valleys and like it's supposed to be haunted like there's now, a are, there's a back window we can climb valleys? in through there are seven valleys there's small valleys are there seven valleys and seven va- seven valleys a place or it is it's a town yeah yeah, yeah. with seven valleys well it, one it's one it's, valley two valley you have to understand, we're, like where I grew up, there, there, there was, there's a railroad that runs through the area, mm-hmm. and it linked basically, probably this one linked like Philadelphia, maybe to Pittsburgh eventually with spurs going down to Baltimore and stuff, and like all of those little railroad siding towns now are more or less dead. Hmm. My best friend recently lived in a town called, appropriately enough, Railroad. The entire town of 35 buildings is on a national re- uh, register of historic places. Mm. It's one of the creepiest places I've ever been, specifically because it's old. Half of the buildings aren't occupied, and like Ooh. it feels haunted. Like like these are it's for all intents and purposes ghost, town. ghost towns. Wow, and, and they are creepy. Like like in in that sense, like especially coming from like a vibrant urban core or like a suburban area, mm-hmm. like these seem like these neglected like possessed spaces on the landscape and i'm glad that we still have them honestly because they are fun to explore i still love doing stuff like this yeah and and i i i mean i i think for me it and and this is even true for like the hicks road thing like i like i love driving along there or riding my bike along there and I still think it's an interesting space, but I, more for the history of it, like what was once there and now gone, like the, right. like the, the the history, especially of those those mercury mines, is yeah, it's spectacularly interesting to check out. And that whole landscape was inhabited. I mean, Anthony, you and I hiked around there with, with other friends looking for old uh, uh, lime kilns and stuff. And and there is a lot of history there. There are a lot of old abandoned like house foundations and stuff out there in mm-hmm. uh, in the hills. Uh, and, and, and so like the plausibility of these stories is kind of there, 
you know, like the, there, right there, there is the kind of the framework it, of like absolutely where how everything kind of fits right, together right, in the greater scheme, right? Yeah. And and then just it, it it doesn't take much to hang like you know that's a scaffolding upon which you can hang these fantastical stories, which are exciting, especially I think for young people who mm-hmm. are otherwise bored and don't have a whole lot of other outlets. <laughs> And, and like, I, so I, like, I celebrate that. Like, I think it's, it, it, there should be places like Hicks Roads in every community for like newly minted 16 year olds to like drive their car through and experience that exhilaration of, of excitement and mystery. But like, but, but the albinos aren't there, you know, like, Hmm. they're simply not there. Hmm. No. And and in the case in the case of a place like Hicks Road, like the illusion gets gets really busted now when you go through and realize that like it's really not as isolated as it seems. No, right, which is like you. So it it seems like a un, uninhabited mountain road, and then you, when you come across somebody, it turns out they just fucking live there, and they're right. like, "Well, great, another car full of fucking teenagers going down my driveway." And I, that's I, there were several stories of that where people would turn off of Hicks Road. There are these driveways that are ostensibly their own streets. Right. And so you end up kind of going down what you think is like a side road and you end up at somebody's house or on your way to somebody's house and that person is like, who the fuck is coming to my house at the in the middle of the goddamn night? Man, I, I cannot, I cannot tell you how many times I had hillbillies come out of their single wide with like a shotgun or like half naked running across her front lawn because like I, I turned into their road right. thinking it was like some, some unpaved unnamed road and it was a fucking driveway and you roll up and you're like, Oh shit. Like now, this is somebody's house. And, and then, you know, in my, my youthful stupidity, instead of like backing up calmly or like even better getting out and being like, hello, sir, I'm sorry. Like I mistook your driveway as a, as a road. Yeah. You, know, you, you peel out on the front lawn and, <laughs> fucking tear up their their grass and fucking yeah. hightail it out of there. But like some of those people probably had that happen regularly almost every weekend mm-hmm. from jackasses going looking for the cannibal like albinos, you know? And right. Like, but I think like like with Hicks Road, I think, you know, like especially for people, for kids that grew up in the suburbs or in the city proper, like that is a terrifyingly mysterious, dark, spooky place. Yeah. At night. You know, obviously when it gets light, the mystery kind of dissipates a little bit. But also, like, I mean, I, I, if I lived out there, I would be fed up as hell with these kids rolling out from, like, Almaden Valley or, or from Las Gatas or whatever for shits and giggles and disturbing my, like, peace and quiet. And in this case now... You know, in the sixties or seventies, probably your your like kind of hillbilly like rural lifestyle. Now it's like your multi million dollar like yeah, no, no. estate, and you have uh, people tearing around out there. Like I I get it. Like how and and of course for for the the young people that are experiencing this, it turns into these horrifying moments of like some terrifying legit, figure like, chasing them down fear. the middle yeah. of the road. Yeah, right. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, and I remember um, one of the things was if you uh, covered your car in uh, baby powder or flour or something like that, you would drive. So you'd, you'd throw. Ba- pa- this sounds like something that was fomented by like the the children of the owners of like one of the local car washes in Las Gatas or something. Quite possibly, but the point is that you you throw you put baby powder or flour on your car 
and you drive up Hicks, Hicks Road and you drive down and you'll come back and you'll be handprints all over your car. And as it turns out, that's just the oils from your hands where you've previously touched your car as you drive, the rest of the flower gets swept Ooh. away by the wind and the oils of your hand that are on your car stick to the flower. The flower sticks to that and you have these creepy handprints on your car. And it's like, I mean, as we were talking about earlier, it, you know, kind of the mind creates the magic, creates the mystery, creates all right. this. Right, right, right. Exactly. I think that's a good segue, though, into the next kind of part we're getting into is that. Let's do it. So there was always the, so there was the albino stories which we've covered, but there was also ghost stories. And so a good friend of mine who we've mentioned on the show before uh, is kind of a keeper of these ghost stories. And so he actually, I called him up and I dictated a few, four of on these. On the phone? On the phone. You tied a conversation on the on, phone? On the phone. On the phone, not text, on the phone. And so Was he, it rotary dial? No, it was my cell phone. Uh, and so uh, I, we will... Uh, I'm gonna read you some of these stories. Oh, is this for me to unlock? You yeah, just you, swipe. You just swipe it. Oh, I don't know. We have a we have a iPad. Oh, there it goes. All right, cool. All right, okay. So let's get. We're gonna get creepy. We're gonna get creepy. So these Turn are like the, the most. So in my group of friends, these Light were the candle. most. Yeah, these were the most famous like ghost stories, and it is about the bloody maiden of Hicks Road. All right, are we ready? Let's do it. Let's get spooky. Okay. Yeah. All right. So story one. Kevin is driving late at night. And by the way, everyone has a truck. I don't know why everyone has a truck. All right, Kevin is driving late night in his truck. Anthony, have you ever been out to New Aladdin? Yes. They, you know why everybody has a truck. <laughs> a lot of blue lights. I just didn't, you know, you know, like, there. no oh, one's like, yeah. a, you talk about albinos. No one's like, <laughs> no one's like, Gary's in a station wagon. It's everyone's like, he's in a truck. All right, so Kevin, Kevin. is driving late at night in his truck down from the top of the hill mm-hmm. on Hicks Road. The FM radio on his truck starts picking up severe static, and he feels a cold that is absolutely bone-chilling. Some, some static disturbing his Led Zeppelin. Suddenly... Have we mentioned that uh, it's a very, very narrow valley? Yes, very scary. Yeah. Uh, that's, right. that's strange. You know, radio waves sometimes, <laughs> you know, temperature sometimes changes. All right, Andy. As you descend. All right, I'm Andrew. Not, I'm not following. Why don't, we, just, why don't we explain the next no, part okay, of Kevin. the story? Come on, Kevin. All right. Let's hear it. Suddenly, hear it. he sees a girl in a bloody white negligee oh. on the side of the road ahead of him. The girl is sticking her thumb out as if hitchhiking. Her face is emotionless. Kevin decides that this is a situation far too creepy and drives past her, taking another look in his rearview mirror what as he a, drives past. What a shithead. So, <laughs> I mean, come on. Like, oh, yeah. Like, here, here, her body, a, her body a woman was who may or may day. not have been like assaulted who needs help, and it's just far too creepy, so I'm just going <laughs> to gun my too, pickup truck. Hey, you know what? It's far too creepy. So, well, you know, and we'll find out why he drove past a few bends down the windy road, Kevin sees the same girl in a bloody white negligee, but now she looks angry. Oh! He drives past her, but around the next bend, there she is again. Oh! Around another bend, there oh! she is again. Oh! He gets to the bottom of the road by the reservoir where the road straightens and is obscured by the fog coming off the water. Through the fog, Kevin sees the, the reservoir. Guadalupe Reservoir. 
Yeah, it gets like kind of foggy at night if you drive down the road there. Mm. Through the fog, Kevin sees the girl standing in the middle of the road ahead of him. Shit. In a panic, Kevin floors it and drives through the girl in the bloody white negligee. As he runs through her, he feels no impact and sees nobody on the road. Wow. The girl had vanished. Well, I guess that's a good thing that he didn't feel an impact. You know, or, you know, obviously the albino cannibals would have just come out and drugged the carcass off the road and then he could have gone and hung out with Dan back, you know, hey! telling his parents why he has a big bear in front of his car. We got lunch. We got dinner. There's a girl on the road. All right. And then, but here's the next morning Kevin gets into his truck to go to work and finds a bloody negligee in his passenger seat. Now, ooh. Could this just have been some sort of like dream while he was in like a fugue state and he like murdered a prostitute or something? It's possible, but you know what? Let's, let's so there's a physical bloody negligee. Mm-hmm. What happened to that? I don't know. Let's go into it's like the blue dress. <laughs> let's the blue dress. let's not worry about it. Let's go into story two. <laughs> All right. Oh. No. <laughs> Come okay. on, Kaden. <laughs> All right. I was like fucking four when that happened. All right. Like I said, just coming out of diapers. Story two. Tom and Chris are driving in a truck late night, driving from the top of Hicks Road. The FM radio in the truck starts picking up heavy static. Hey, strangely enough. Again. Huh. Same phenomenon. And they feel a bone-chilling cold. Damn. On the side of the road... Geography's a bitch. They see a girl in a bloody white negligee. Now, these are, are these people in the same friend group? Or are these just two, these are two separate groups of people who have not heard this story? I may or may not have just made these people up just to fill in the story. Okay. Because <laughs> they had, God, no, I, re- I realize that they are, they are pseudonyms. They're placeholders for real people. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. That I I think they're supposed to be different people with different events, and okay. they're supposed to be so separated. They don't. They don't. Know. They, don't, they don't know. Supposed to be. Supposedly. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hmm. All right. Both Tom and Chris are creeped out by her presence and decide to drive past her. Yeah, a few the, bends the, down the, the, the windy path. road. It's a test, the, and they're failing. The, the youth of San Jose are morally <laughs> just absolutely bankrupt. That's <laughs> unbelievable. The view. <laughs> hey, we got better things to do. Hey, a few bends down the windy road. The two guys see the girl in the bloody white negligee again, but now she looks angry and she appears to be screaming. They drive past her, but there she is again. And around the nether bend, there she is again. They get to the bottom of the road by the reservoir where the road straightens out and is obscured by fog coming off the water. Through the fog, Tom and Chris see the girl standing in the middle of the road ahead of them. Tom in the passenger seat screams, This shit ain't normal, man! Floor it! In a panic, Chris floors it and runs (laughs) through the girl in the bloody white negligee. They feel no impact and see nobody in the road. The girl had vanished. Suddenly, both Tom and Chris hear scratching and thumping on the top oh! of the roof of the car. Tom looks out the window and sees the bloody the girl in the bloody white negligee hanging on the roof of the car. She starts banging on the roof, screaming like the banshee. Chris picks up speed and makes it off of Hicks Road, and the girl vanishes instantly. Interesting. In the morning, Chris goes to his truck and sees dents on the roof of Ooh. on the roof, which look proof, which look to have been made by the pounding of fists. Okay, so that story's awesome, but you know what would have made it better? Is if the dude in the passenger seat had woke up in the morning 
wearing a bloody necklace. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been awesome. <laughs> hey, Chris, how'd I get in this sex lingerie? <laughs> what <thread? the> hell? <laughs> <laughs> Who'd I do that? Chris. <laughs> okay, are you ready for story three? I'm sure. I'm still, sure. I'm still really. I'm still real. I guess at at a certain point, you know, you pass by this woman and she. You know, you decide not to pick her up. You turn a corner, and she's there again. So I guess that kind of sets the scene for like this is paranormal. But the fact that both of these groups of people have like <laughs> decided to run her <laughs> over, <laughs> and they're just like, mm, hey, fuck that. You yeah. know what? I should just yeah. not get involved with anything about that. Okay, so story three. Story three. All right, a okay. young couple, Ted and Linda, are driving in a panel van on the top of Hicks Road. And pull off to the side for is some this the late night story of how this bloody laundry <laughs> a, happened. A, a, a panel man? <laughs> like when, when was this? Nineteen sixty-six. Like I said, all this shit probably take, like was originated in the sixties and the seventies. All right, driving the panel, blah blah blah, up <laughs> uh, the top of the road. They pull off to the side of the road for some late night fornication. Mm-hmm. The back windows of the van are covered by curtains. This is a 1970s shag wagon. Did you say a 1970s, 1970s shag, shag wagon? That is equipped to prevent any unwanted eyes from mm-hmm. seeing the shagging. While in the midst of coitus, the couple hear a knocking on the window of the van. They wait a bit to see if the person knocking will leave, but they hear knocking again. Again, they wait to see if the person knocking will leave, but they hear the knocking again. Ted pulls the curtain back to see who's trying to get their attention, but nobody is outside. Linda, freaked out, asks if they can move the van up the road. Ted agrees and drives the van a few bends down the road. They get back in the van and they pick up where they left off. But again, they hear the knocking. Pissed off, Ted throws back the curtain to see who keeps trying to bother them. Standing outside the window of the van is a girl in a bloody white negligee. Freaked out, the couple scramble to the front of the van. Naked and afraid, they speed down the road. A moment later, they hear thumping on the passenger side. <laughs> Linda looks out the passenger side and sees the girl in the bloody white negligee holding onto the door handle, screaming like God a banshee. Ah! Ted swerves, trying to knock her off while Linda is screaming her head off. They get off. Why did, Why does Linda and the girl in the white negligee sound exactly the same? <laughs> That's the best I got. They get to the bottom of the road by the reservoir where the road straightens out mm. and is obscured by fog coming off the water. Ted floors it, and when they make it off the road, the girl in the bloody white negligee vanishes. Interesting. All right. I've never heard this before. All right. You ready for the conclusion? Oh, my God. Is there another one? Yeah, one more. Fuck yes. All right. This is amazing. Bill is driving late at night in his truck from the top of Hicks Road. His radio picks up heavy static, and he feels a cold that is bone-chilling, even though he's wearing a leather jacket. Mm. Up the road, Bill sees a girl in a bloody white negligee holding her thumb as she as if she is hitchhiking. Bill, afraid, but being the sort that does the right thing no matter what, pulls over and oh, rolls down the window and asks the, girl, Bill. and asks the girl well if done, she needs Bill. help. The girl responds, please, just take me home. I'll show you the way. It's not far. Fuck. Obviously cautious, but the kind of guy to always do what he feels right opens the passenger door and lets the girl in the bloody white negligee into the truck. 
Driving down the road, the radio continues to pick up static. Bill turns off the radio. Still feeling unnaturally cold, Bill turns up the heater in his truck. His chivalrous senses come in, come to him, and he offers the bloody and barely clothed girl his leather jacket. Yeah, man. She accepts the jacket and gives Bill a small but thankful smile. Hmm. Later, as they make their way down the hill, the girl in the bloody white negligee directs him to the house with lights on. Bill stops the car and asks the girl if she needs any help, any more, any more help. She says no, but thank you for this kindness. So many others just drive past me. She gets out of the truck and walks into the house. Bill, feeling bewildered, realizes suddenly that the girl still wearing his jacket. And after some self deliberation, Bill, you know, picks up the courage, walks to the house, and knocks on the door. The door opens, and Bill's greeted by an old, an older woman, like an old lady. Bill asks the woman in he, white lingerie. I know. Wearing a wearing a leather jacket. <laughs> Bill asks the woman if he could see the girl that just walked in the house, you know, to get his jacket back. The old woman responded by telling Bill just to come inside, warm up. Bill apprehensive walks into the house to the old woman's house. The house was clean, tidy, warm, and inviting. Bill asks the old woman, "Where's the girl?" The old woman says, "No one else lives here, just me. Let me get you something: coffee, tea." Bill, not wanting to be rude, said, "Some coffee would be fine." Bill, looking around the house, notices an old black and white picture of a girl he picked up on the side of Mm. Hicks Road. He asks, Miss, who is that girl in the photo? The old woman responds, Oh, that's my older sister, Margaret. She disappeared shortly after that picture was taken long ago. We don't know what happened to her, but the family made a little gravestone at the Oak Hill Cemetery. A few days later, still shaken by the experiment, Bill decides to visit the grave of Margaret. After some searching, Bill locates the gravestone where he found his leather jacket, jacket neatly folded beneath the name wow. Margaret. Wow. And wow. Th- those are the stories that we used to tell each other on Hicks Road. I've never heard the Bloody yeah. Maiden stories. Yeah. That is a classic woman in white tale. Yeah, but... that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well done. Oh, why, thank you. And that is... Uh... Wow, man! I had I had no idea there was so much creepy other creepy yeah. shit happening on Hicks Road. Yeah, man, Hicks local legend, great place to uh, like I said, if you're uh, young and horny, yeah, to go and, and get, get creeped scared, down. I mean, it, get scared it's by it. You know what? It ghost. is a teenager. It you know what though? As much as we've talked about how much obviously all the stories are bullshit, I I but am glad though what? it still inspires some imagination. Totally, and you know what? I I again this these kind of stories they play. It, there's some sort of like folk tale with a lesson involved where it's like if you see a fucking woman in bloody lingerie on the side of the road run her over obviously right <laughs> yeah. like clearly yes that is that should be your first you know inclination but no like pull over and help somebody who looks like they're in need because if you don't help somebody who looks like they're in need they will turn on their supernatural powers and they will attack you and dent the shit out of your car. Your truck! They'll dent the top of your truck! God, I want a van with some curtains. (laughs) A fucking panel van? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Well, I want... See, like, I personally, like, I would love a van with, like, some fucking uh, Frank Frazetta-esque art on the side, you know? Yikes. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. That's the good stuff. That, That is sending a very clear, clear message. That I'm to all who I'm see. a boss. <laughs> yeah, well, ugh. yeah, that's that's one way to read it. Yeah. Yes. Cool, man. Very well, much. do we have anything else? I will I will say this. 
recently, aka yesterday, there was a shooting at a local mall. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. Two okay. teenagers had a shootout. And at a uh, Ford dealership. That's true. That's true. I don't want to live in that world. I'd much rather live in a world where teenagers are so bored to shit that instead of like taking a gun to the mall, they mm. like jump in their pickup truck and drive on Hicks Road. Yeah. Looking for the Bloody Maiden. Yeah. That is, or the cannibals. You yeah. Know? Like, I mean, they, they, it, to some degree, these stories come from a more a, a more innocent age. I yes, think, a, where yeah, a I simpler mean, time. Yeah, I mean, that, and that is true. I mean, I mean, I mean, like, well, so the for the friend who kind of helped keep these stories alive. I mean, we would speaking of simple, <laughs> we would. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we would. I mean, like, yeah, we were and bored innocent. And we, we were bored at late at night. And we would drive down Hicks looking for the Bloody Maiden. I mean, it was kind of what. But I mean, it was just because we were bored and like, okay, what else are we gonna do? Drive our right. car and that's on what, a cool kind of creepy, foggy road. Again, these these stories serve a purpose. So do your civic duty and just ask. spread <laughs> and spread these stories. If you have children in your life or young adults in your life, tell them these stories. Wherever you're from, whatever creepy local legend there is, keep the dream alive. If you have albinos potentially hiding in the hills above your town, keep that dream alive. Tell those kids to go out there and maybe they'll get shot by some crazy guy who lives up the mountain because they end up trespassing in his land. But you know what? At least they're not going to the mall and shooting somebody else. Yeah. Yeah.